guys. This is the Jesus Name News Podcast. We're here with a special episode. There's a lot of stuff going on in the world right now, and we just kind of wanted to get um, some reactions out there and just talk about what's happening, um, talk about a little bit about the Bible's perspective on it, um, specifically about the war that's going on in the Ukraine right now. Yeah, uh, I've been following it since Wednesday night, came home after church, and about 10.30, I was scrolling through Twitter, and suddenly I see Russia has started a, an invasion of Ukraine. Uh, that was, a, that was. I mean, I know we've, we've gone into countries a few times, but I got to say that was probably the most, like... Yeah, it was, it was definitely not good moments I've experienced. Yeah, it was definitely like that moment where I was like, this is it. Like, this is, we're going to war. Like, I immediately thought, okay, World War III is probably going to happen. Yeah, Um, I was like, how is my fat butt going to get in shape for this? (laughs) I was was thinking kind of the same thing. Um, Yeah, but but your fat butt is a whole lot less fat than mine. I don't know about that. <laughs> I just carry I it differently. <laughs> I, I'm just saying, like, you are a whole lot closer to functionally. That's fair, I guess. <laughs> serviceable than I am. I'm also younger, though. But well, that that that's part of it is that you're a lot younger. So, <laughs> but I mean, you know, with what's happening, I mean, obviously, if you if you want all the information, I definitely recommend following on Twitter the Kiev Independent. Um, it's a very good source, reliable source. Uh, you know, when when I first was watching it, and I was that next Thursday, uh, I talked about it with my students, and you know, they had lots of questions, uh, and a lot of them were good. Uh, some of them were worried. Some of them tried to make light of the situation, and I quickly shut that down, but. You know, that's that's just kids being kids. But, you know, Thursday they took over Chernobyl and me and my, one of my co-workers were, were really close friends. We were like, what, what do they want with Chernobyl? And, you know, there's so many questions out there about what's actually like going on. And, you know, then suddenly, I guess, what what was it yesterday or today? Uh, today's we're recording this on a Sunday, by the way. Um, it Putin comes out and basically threatens the West. Yeah, I think it was. I think it was technically today our time, but yesterday theirs. Yeah. Um, Putin basically threatened NATO and the West with nuclear warfare. Um, and you know. Uh, I've I've thought about this, and one of the one of the images that comes to my mind uh, is the image of a dad putting his wife and daughter on a bus out of Kiev, and yeah, you know, President Zelensky, he was being very brave and leading his men uh, very well. Uh, ordered all men between the ages of 18 to 60 to stay in Ukraine. And, you know, 
when I saw that video of that dad putting his father or putting his mother, his uh, wife and daughter on a, on a bus, I was like, you know, that if this goes into war, that could be me. Uh, but secondly, I was like, you know, that's, that's terrible because, you know, a lot of those guys are probably not going to make it or so we thought, uh, because we personally, I don't know about you, but I, I think the Russians and most of us thought Russia would go in there and just, you know, take it over. Yeah. Yeah. I I thought it was going to, I, I thought that Russia was going to plow through. They were probably going to move further. And eventually after a country or two, everybody would put a stop to it or they would be partway through it. And China would go after Taiwan, go after Taiwan and it would be seen as coordinated, which I mean, it may have been, but thankfully it looks like China's backing off of their coordination part of it. Yeah. no, There was one. You know, people have been critical of China, not denouncing it. And I, I certainly understand that. I, I certainly agree that they should denounce it. But one thing I can say is they are calling for diplomacy. Uh, and whether this was like them nudging Russia out there first or uh, whatever, you know, at least we should be thankful that because I think that we talked about it yesterday, you know, Russia, Iran, North Korea sounds a lot less scary than Russia, China, and Iran, North Korea. Uh, So, I mean, there's so much going on, though. And, you know, I've been, I I know some of the missionaries in Ukraine, uh, some of them are out of Kiev, in fact. Uh, And I've been keeping up with them. And, you know, I've texted a couple of them through my preferred social media channel. Um, it's, it's, uh, it's very tough, but you know, one thing that I'm glad to see is that the Ukrainians are doing it. Mm-hmm. You know, and obviously no one wants to see war, but I'm glad to see that the Ukrainians are, doing something they're not doing what putin thought they would do they're standing up even the ethnic russians that live in ukraine um you know there there's this story of a woman that gave a russian soldier sunflower seeds to put in his pocket so that when he dies uh at least he's planting a sunflower which is the national flower of the ukraine uh you know, she was an ethnic Russian. And so that it speaks volumes and in Putin's own citizens are coming out and said, and revolting, like protesting this, uh, Belarus now is, you know, being his lackey and supposedly 61% of their, uh, citizens have voted for a referendum on the constitution and they're going to become, you know, uh, militarized state and house Putin's weapons. And at the end of the day, first of all, this doesn't end well. I don't think for anyone. Um, I think that this, it either ends with world war three or, you know, a regime change. All of Russia. Yeah. 
Uh, yeah, I mean, it basically is. First of all, uh, let me say I echo. I'm not going to say what they said, but I echo how the those 13 service members of Snake Allen responded. Um, and if you if you want to look that up or if you know what I'm talking about, you certainly One know. One of the few the- times I've shared a tweet in our, <laughs> our group chat that had colorful language. It's the only time I've ever shared a tweet in our group chat that had any kind of colorful language and I felt zero remorse for it. No. And, you know, (laughs) but I I guess this is my thing too, is, you know, I don't, I don't know any of the missionaries that are there, but I do know from the networks that we have and, and we have, we have a few organizations that are very, very um, united, especially in missions. And I do know that the missionaries that are in the Ukraine from the organizations that we're a part of did refuse to leave. Yeah. They were pressured to leave. They were asked to leave. I want to say they were told to leave. Yeah. The, the U S embassy told them to leave. (laughs) And they said that we can't leave our people. And the thing is, is that, you know, I, I talked, we, we've been talking to our Sunday school class about missionaries and like what they do and, you know, correspondence that they give us. And I was just like, guys, I mean, could you imagine like our, the worst thing that could ever happen to us and our pastor just leaving, you know, and, and, and these people looked at their, the people that they loved and they went, you know, this might not technically be my war and maybe they are, and maybe they aren't fighting with the people. Yeah. I don't know, but they decided that it was more, it was their duty to stay there and support their flock and support the people that they cared for and support the people they loved, even if they knew because they knew that staying there was likely going to cost them their life. Because the reality is, is that I don't think very many people, whether in Ukraine or in Russia, really felt like there was a whole lot of hope. Yeah. Right. I don't, I don't, I don't think that this was the likely outcome that everybody thought was going to happen. So when these missionaries decided to stay there, they decided to stay there knowing that the most likely outcome was that they were going to die. And they chose that, you know, the other big thing I saw that really moved me and having little girls, this was, there was a correspondence from missionaries in our organization from Poland And they're going to the border and they're helping all the refugees they can. Yeah. And some of the refugees were a family or, I mean, I guess I shouldn't say a family because it wasn't everyone in the family, but part of this group was a little girl that had walked for two days straight to the Polish border to flee everything they knew. And they didn't say how young, but from the way they said it, that it was a little girl. It, I mean, it made me think of my girls and, you know, like them walking a hundred miles to flee the destruction of everything that we know. And I'm just like, I, I can't even imagine, you know, and, and, 
the thing that really gets me about this is that I I turn on the news and I see the preferred cable news network of the church supporting Russia and repeating the propaganda of the Russian networks. I I see a presidential candidate that lost talking about how smart Putin is. And I get it. People are technically misquoting him slightly. However, when somebody is doing what Russia is doing now, speaking of them in any positive way is not positive. Which, which, by the way, what they are doing is killing civilians. They've killed, I've seen 16, uh, I've seen numbers that say 16 or 14 children, depending on where you look. Yeah. They're blowing up kindergartens. They're targeting hospitals. I say, I've seen multiple reports that they're targeting hospitals. They have this flamethrower bomb that just incinerates a block. Like on some level. it, it's horrifying. And it, it, I mean, it's not just war horrifying. It's, it's, it, it's specifically and purposefully awful in every way. Like this is, I, I've told my students, you know, I'm very careful with who I compare to Hitler, but this is in my opinion on level with what Hitler did. I mean, yeah, he's not putting people in concentration camps, yes. but you know, he is intentionally targeting targeting civilians and not being sorry for it. And the reality is, is if they won, they wouldn't have much choice but to do something like a concentration camp. Because, I mean, the Ukrainians aren't going to stop fighting. They're not going to stop fighting. They did this already. They have a whole generation of people who had been told their entire life never to ever let Russia be over them again because of all the things that they did. And their grandparents were under Hitler, literally. And so we have these people. In fact, who they been... welcomed the Nazis. In. Yeah, they welcomed, like they 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 went from the Nazis to the communists, and they thought they were safe, and it got just as bad, if not yeah. worse. And they realized that none of those things were good, and they had no desire to ever have them again, and they're never going to let it happen. And and it's just. It's crazy to me that that there's people who are calling themselves Christians that are applauding Putin for this. That are, I mean, I mean, and, and that's really the sad part. Like, and <laughs> some people out there may say, well, they're not really applauded. Okay, well, you can't say good things about this guy right now whether you like it or not i mean and and i i mean applauding literally like i mean people literally saying like he's getting rid of the the deep state deep state or anything else like the dude is bombing hospitals and grade schools i forgot that they're part of the deep state so yeah oh wait yeah and so like I, i just at the end of the day I get it. War happens. Humanity is evil. We do bad things. We do. And war is going to happen. Okay? But 
it is not the place of the church to initiate or, I mean, on some level, even participate in it. Like, the thing is, is that every single Russian soldier that's dying is a soul that we're supposed to be trying to save the same as every Ukrainian person who dies. Now, that doesn't mean if I had to make a choice between the one who's trying to kill and destroy other people, who is the clear person that I would save. Every time I would choose the people who are being attacked. I get that. I agree. I understand. I'm not saying we shouldn't defend ourselves or anyone else. What I'm saying is that we should always be doing everything we can to oppose war. Yeah, blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall see God. And, you know, that that's that's hard, especially right now when, because I'm be honest, I'm angry. Like, uh, yeah, I'm not. I'm angry that the Ukrainians are dealing with us. Uh, I'm not in a place where I'm very good with saying no to war. I mean, I've. I've been very open about my feelings with Putin with people privately in my life. And I, I just, it's very hard for me to be like, okay, well, you know, they're, they're souls. Russians are the Russian soldiers. Putin still has a soul, I guess. Uh, if he hasn't sold it already. Um, I mean, and even and, if he has, there's really, I mean, I know we've done an episode on reprobate, but there really isn't any Bible that says that anybody can't find God in any state. It's a matter of their inability to want to turn to God. That's true. More than God's inability to forgive. And I think that's why Jesus said, you know, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. I mean... I mean, imagine that. And I'm, I'm not saying that any of the Ukrainians are wrong for fighting back or for, for doing things like giving out sunflower seeds so oh. their dead bodies of their enemies can grow sunflowers. I get it. And I don't, I don't think they're wrong for doing those things. But what I'm saying is, is that, especially as the church in America, like we need to support those that are suffering, but we need to realize that there's a lot of suffering to go around everywhere. And that, Every single person that's suffering is a soul that God loves. Well, and and, and to, that we should too. And who, you know, that part of like do good to those that hate you. You know, it's not necessarily about protecting your homeland, or it's it's literally about those that hate you, like. You know, war is war. War is going to come. And often, you know, men don't choose war. We're we're thrust into it most of the time, unless you're Putin, who who chose this war. Uh, But, you know, at the same time, I feel it. And it was this way in World War II in America with the Japanese. Don't let it bleed over into xenophobia or racism or 
whatever. Like there are a lot of normal Russian citizens out there that hate what Putin is doing. Uh, and they're very vocal about it. I mean, he's arrested probably over 2000 by now uh, and put them in prison for, and probably they're probably going to die for treason. And let's be real. I trust those numbers about as much as I trust the number of COVID deaths from China. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, but yeah, he's probably I, I arrested think, a lot more. And, and let's be real. Russia does not exactly have a sterling history of, allowing people who disagree with their government to live happy and healthy and long lives. I mean, he's, he's basically told their media and anyone that posts anything negative that it, they're guilty of treason. So, yep. uh, and treason in case you're wondering is punishable by death. So that's the stakes that a lot of these Russian citizens are facing when they go protest. And that's the other side of this. But I really feel like the Belarusian and the the and Putin. I feel like they're kind of on an island right now. They're they're doing this, and really, there are very few people. I don't know if there's very few people in their circle, but comparatively to their country and the world around them. There are very few people that support them. So it's really, it's really like, I feel like they're on an island and hopefully their island gets even smaller. I hope a lot of people start abandoning ship and I hope that the sanctions work and I hope they work quickly. I think Swift is knocking them out of Swift is probably the one that's going to work the quickest. So, you know, Honestly, at the end of the day, how do you pray? Like, well, I mean, obviously pray for the Ukrainians and the, and the missionaries. Like, th- that's the obvious one. But when the way that Job, when, when the read, if you read the book of Job, when Job prayed for his lousy friends that basically told him you're worthless and you're no good. The way that God turned his captivity was right after Job prayed for his friends. And on both sides, we should pray for the Russian citizens that are risking their lives by protesting and, Speaking out, uh, we should pray for the Russian citizens that have no choice in this. Uh, we should pray for President Biden and NATO and UN and EU leaders and, you know, that they make the right decisions. Because this is, if if they don't make the right decisions, this could end in the first the first and probably the last nuclear war so uh, and i feel like a lot of this should be obvious but the problem is that the obvious lately doesn't seem like it's so obvious <laughs> uh, and that's sad uh, 
and then what I'm about to say feels pretty weird, but pray for whether I like it or not, pray for Putin and that stupid Belarusian leader, you know, that God would turn their heart some way, somehow, or yeah, and pray for the, pray for the soldiers that are carrying out these acts that, that they realize what they're doing. Pray for the, I mean, I've heard so multiple stories of Russian soldiers who are just, they're captured and they don't know where they are. They don't know what they're doing. They don't know what they're doing. They don't know who they're fighting. And and to give some perspective, our military is 100% professional. Or very close to it. Our The Russian military is only about 60% professional. That means that there are a lot of conscripts in their army. Uh, and I would bet that they sent the C so think about like you have an A team in football, a B team and a C team I would bet they sent the C team in first yeah so and and now there's this three mile long convoy that's headed to Kiev that's probably the A team or the B team uh, so <sighs> The problem is that these professional military soldiers probably know what they're going to do, but that 40% that was conscripted and forced into this or probably death, <laughs> you know, I just hope that, again, as weird as it feels to say, pray that God turns their heart because this isn't fun for anyone. This is, uh, if you get a thrill and an exhilaration out of this, please check yourself <laughs> like this is like as a, as a history teacher, I know I'm seeing history happen before my eyes and I would rather that be war in my day and peace in my child's time. Absolutely. That doesn't mean that it's fun. That doesn't mean that I find it exhilarating. That doesn't mean that I want it to happen, but yeah. if it's going to happen, let it happen in my time. So pray that, this situation turn does a 180 and the Russians go back. I'd, it may not happen, but you know, what was it? Uh, is it in second Kings where the, the prophet comes and tells uh, the King, you know, by the end of the day tomorrow, um, uh, you know, you'll have overflowing resources yeah. and the king says, well, if the, that'll only happen if the Lord makes a window in heaven. Basically implying the Lord doesn't have windows in heaven. We read in Micah that the Lord does have windows in, he in heaven. And because he made the statement that the only way that this is going to happen is that the Lord makes windows in heaven. The prophet looks at him and says, okay, well, you'll see it, but you'll die. You won't get to partake of it. And that's what happened. So if you think that what I'm saying is impossible, don't be the king that said, or the person that says that's only going to happen if the Lord makes windows in heaven. The Lord has windows in heaven and he can do anything he wants to. So really that's it. We just yeah. wanted to come on here and give like a, just how to pray like, and what's going on with some of the missionaries and, 
a raw reaction, a, a basic, like Larry and I have really no, we don't have background in intelligence or defense. And this is a civilian reaction. It, we are absolutely not qualified to be experts on this. No, uh, we're not going to pretend to be, but, but you know, uh, if telling you to love everyone helps anyone realize that God loves everyone, then we did a good thing. Yeah. So hopefully this situation turns, hopefully the Russians go home. Hopefully it doesn't get worse before this gets released. (laughs) Yeah. Hopefully it doesn't get worse. Uh, As of right now, the Belarusian troops are supposed to go in at 5 a.m. on February 28th. Uh, obviously Ukraine time, but it's pretty quick here, actually. Yeah, it's, that's coming up. We're coming up on it. Um, we'll see. So, but I'll pray for them either way. Yep. Whatever happens, win or lose, whoever is seemingly having an advantage, whatever destruction and death has happened, pray for those affected pray for those still in the line of fire pray for everything that's happening pray that god has his way because he always will and pray that the people who are there realize who he is and that even in the worst moments he's still there so so we will uh we'll be back wednesday mornings at our usual times. See you then. Oh no. Uh, Where's the stop?